Thanks for joining us for another God-inspired message from C3 Church Monash. Connect with us online at c3monash.org.au and we hope you enjoy today's message. I'm not going to talk about the weather. No, joking. Uh, so how are you doing today? Um, my name's Matt, uh, in case you don't know me. And um, today I'll be continuing our series of Rest and Refresh. To rest and refresh. Who feels rested in like, these holidays? Who feels rested? Who feels not rested? Why? Why are we not rested? You don't have holidays. Oh, man, yeah. Some people are giving me the high 10. Yeah, I'm rested. Oh, you're not rested, Adam. You're not rested. He's doing this, now he's doing this. Um, but holidays, rest. Sometimes it's not rest if your kids are not at school. Then you have to hang out with them. But it's actually a blessing. Just remember that. An absolute blessing to hang out with them, that sort of stuff. Um, you know. And so today we are talking about slowing down, enjoying the present and just slowing down and relaxing as best we can. Does that sound all right? Sound all right? How about we give Jack a hand? Thanks, Jack. Be cools. See, relax, be cools. You know, it's a bit of a funny message, this one, to rest and refresh because um, I'm not very good at this. I'm not very good at this. So uh, I'm learning over last year and, and this year how to rest and refresh and what that means and how I've been playing that out in my life uh, because I don't know if you know me, if you do know me, you know that I talk fast, I walk fast, I run fast, I drive fast, I eat my food fast, I run with my kids fast, I do judo and I'm a lightweight, lightweights are fast, I don't punch but I wrestle people, lightweights are fast, I'm a fast sort of person, I, get, I love lists, who loves lists? You put a list and you just like... I have this whiteboard thing and I have a list. I'm like, oh, I got that one done. And then I wake up in the morning, I'm like, oh, I gotta get that one done. And I love lists, I love doing things. But the problem with that is you can get burnt out, can't you? Yeah? Unless you rest and refresh. I live fast and fast paced. Um, I'm completely the opposite of Jesus. Jesus was slow, relaxed, walked, had time for people. Yeah? It's kind of like the opposite of so many of them. I'm too busy. I can't catch up with my friend. Why? You know what I mean? So I'm talking about. I'm learning how to rest. Jesus walked, walked here, walked there. He had time for people. He reclined at the table with his friends, reclined at the, he relaxed, you know, that's how they ate back then. He just relaxed with the disciples. He had time for them. He, there's this relaxed mood and atmosphere of Jesus, isn't there? He stopped and spent time with God. Yeah, there's elements of Jesus where he wasn't relaxed, but he had time for family. He had time for friends. He had time for close friends. He had time for randoms. He had time for the downcast. What? Random. That's, that's true, though. He had time for people. He had time for the downcasts. He had time for the broken. He had time for the lonely. He had time for you and I. Again, what I'm talking about, it's not me. But it needs to be me, trying to work this rest and you know being like Jesus. Even in John 11, uh, they come to Jesus. They say, Jesus, Lazarus is sick. You got to come see him. He waits two days, then goes. He's this. It's all good. It's all right. It's all good. There's this relaxed rest rhythm of Jesus. Jesus kind of realized that life is a journey and not a sprint. Where we live life as a sprint. You know, got to get stuff done, got to get stuff done. Um, relationships take time to build, don't they? You know, I know there's a TV show, Married at First Sight. They try to fast track it all. But there's a, 
relationships take time to build. Jesus was 30 years before his ministry began. And 30 years. If you play a sport, you might have natural talent to a point, and then it's just time. It's a journey. Playing a musical instrument just takes time. There's no fast track to this stuff. So how about me? Or how about you? Are you like me? Or are you like Jesus in your life? Because life is fast-paced. You would agree? Life is fast-paced. I was talking to a kid the other day, and the mum was like, oh, yeah, I want to bring my kid uh, to, to do some sport. But on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, he has dance. On Tuesday, he has violin. And on Thursday, he can come to judo. I was like, oh, that's pretty packed. Ten-year-old is packed. His life's full. At 10, I had another kid that I said, you can't do up your judo belt. He goes, oh, yeah. I think I told you the story. Oh, yeah, man. It's been real busy. I'm like, you're like eight years old. How busy can you be? Like, but I'm busy. Life's busy. Life's fast-paced, isn't it? You know, at work, you probably have seminars on productivity for work. They wanted you to get as, be as productive as possible, to get as most done in the most short amount of time, to be productive, be fast-paced. I'm going to get this done. We're going to have seminars about this stuff. Some of you remember back in the day at work, you had one computer screen. Now people have three. Why? Fast. I can just zoom. I can look. I don't have to switch, you know, Alt-Tab to swap screens. Now everything's about being fast, being fast. Life is crazy. I was talking to someone the other day, uh, and he said, I don't know what's with life Today seems harder than it was 30 years ago, and I don't know why. What's happened is the social norms have changed of work where they want more out of you. People are at work longer than they were back then. I don't know. I don't know. But is, is today really any different to 2,000 years ago when Jesus lived? Life was hard back then too. You know, no washing machines, microwaves, ovens. Different, just a different life. So 2,000 years ago they were busy. We're busy today. Do we have time to rest and refresh. You know, last year I shared um, that, uh, uh, last year, did I say last year? Yeah, my, a few messages ago I shared about a little bit of a mini burnout I had about March last year, where I, I was doing this and doing that, doing this and doing that, doing this, and then I just like, had a little melt, mini, mini, mini meltdown. It's only about two weeks later, I said, I think I'd, I said, I said to my wife, I think I, I think I had a panic attack. She said, I think you did. And I talked about how managing other people's expectations, taking on too much, looking at my identity and my work and that sort of stuff. So, and so you need rest days. You know, I don't know if you've played sport, but if you, the rugby league guys, AFL guys, you know, the day after the game, they go to the pool and they do recovery, don't they? They don't just, they don't just play on this day and then they go on recovery. They know that recovery is important. It's how you get stronger. If you train all the time, you get burnt out. You need days off, days to rest. Things and time to rest. You know, I've got two kids, and um, there's a really great uh, devotional on the YouVersion app called "Overwhelmed by My Blessings." You know, go like, "I'm overwhelmed by my blessings." They're just—it's difficult. Um, and this lady, uh, she writes, um, and you can be overwhelmed by your blessings with your work, not just with kids. It could be with your work. You could be overwhelmed by your money. You've got so much money, you don't know what to do with it. You go, I, just, I don't know what to do. Like, I'm actually overwhelmed by it all. I'm overwhelmed by whatever blessing is in your life. It can actually consume. Your church ministry might be going so well, it overwhelmed is great, but it's overwhelming you. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about? It's not just the negative. Sometimes it's the, so, there's just too much that it can really kind of get down on you. And she writes this in her devotion, which blew my mind. When we were looking for rest in a quiet place with our feet up and a cold drink in our hand, 
A pillow and a good book or a chick flick would be awesome. But rest is not a location. It's not an activity. Rest is a powerful person. I was like, wow. When we come to him, he invites us to climb into his loving arms, to find quietness in him, even if it may be the briefest moments of a day. Will you choose to exchange your burdens for perfect peace? It only takes a moment. That rest is not an activity, although activities are good. Rest is not a location by the beach. Rest is a person, the person of Jesus. And so for me, it was just a shifter because when I had my little burnout, I was having time off. I was reading books. I was going for walks. I was doing what I enjoyed, but it wasn't enough because I wasn't going to the person of perfect peace. I wasn't going to the person that can take my burdens, that can fill me with peace and hope, that person of Jesus Christ. You know, Matthew 11 says this, Matthew 11, 28 to 30. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I'll give you rest. My yoke is easy. And Andrew shared last week how the yoke... Uh, of oxen, if you don't know what it is, there's two oxen and there's a yoke that goes over them. And um, Andrew was talking about that you might be carrying an uneven load. So you're like this, just getting burnt out. And Jesus is saying, come to me. My yoke is easy and I'll balance it out. I'll balance it out. You know, there's a song at the moment called I'm Not Afraid by Jesus Culture. And there's this lyric, which is so good. It says, and they sing this, they say, before me, behind me, always beside me. I'm not afraid. That God is for you, behind you, always beside you. I will not be afraid. And when you picture this yoke with Jesus, he's actually alongside you with the yoke. He's actually alongside you, walking with you, giving you strength to actually get through what you need to in life. Resting in God. Because you know at the end of the year, we had some people around for um, New Year's Eve, Christmas, uh, New Year's Eve, so next year. And like, and everyone, at the end of the year, every, every year, everyone says, oh, can't wait to get rid of 2018, bring on 2019. At the end of the year, we're like, man, that, that was a hard year. Bring on 2020. And then at the end of 2020, we go, man, that was a hard year. Why? And I was just saying to my wife, I was like, because life's hard. Isn't life hard? Life is hard. And we were saying, like, that God provides you rest. But resting in God doesn't mean that our trials and hard life will go away. But through coming to him, we can gain wisdom and peace and strength to get through what we need in life. That he's actually beside you, walking with you, step in step through the things that you're going through in your life. And when I was going through this hard time, Christy, after a uh, little prayer meeting at church on a, on a Tuesday night, she goes, Matt, I have this word for you. Are you going to take it or leave it? But I really feel like you're carrying this heavy load and I really feel like Jesus has come alongside you and he's standing next to you coaching you on how to work the load. And so you're actually going to be working the same load, but it's going to be a lot easier to manage. And I was like, oh, that is the best word for what I need right now. You know what I mean? That God is actually beside me coaching me on how to live life. And he's actually beside you coaching you on how to live your life and what is going on. So I was still on this thing of how do I rest in you? How do I rest in the person of Jesus? What does that mean? What does that look like? What is that? Resting in him. So at Connect Group, 
into connect group, and I was like, all right, discussion question. How do you rest in God? And so we had this good discussion, and, and one of the girls goes, Angela goes, you know what, I think resting in God is just coming to him. That's how you rest in God. And I was like, yeah. yeah, I reckon, I reckon that might be it. What does it mean? What does it mean, resting in God? Resting in God is coming to him in prayer, in relationship, and giving it to him. In Psalm 91, it says this, 1 to 2, Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. And there's these elements here, if you can just leave up, there's elements of shelter. You know, when you're in shelter, it means you're protected. That when we, whoever dwells in that, we can be protected from the, with, of the Most High. We can rest in the shadow of Him. That when we're in the shadow of someone, they're in front of us. They're, they're blocking us from Him. There's protection. That He's our refuge in time of hard work and a fortress. He's our strength. That God is actually our strength. And so over the coming weeks, I'll still, boy, resting in Him, what does that mean? What does that look like? What does it mean? What does it look like? And a few days before our overnight prayer vigil we had here, because um, I was thinking about it a lot. How do I, God, how do I rest in you? How do I rest in you? And I just got a picture of a bird. I don't know what sort of bird, but it was a bird going into the shadows, uh, into the arms of an eagle and got it covered up. And it was in that moment of that picture that I had that I realized that resting in him is an active thing. That the bird came to the eagle in, in my, in, like the baby bird came to the eagle in, in my picture and the eagle's arms went around. And I was like, rest is active. Rest is coming too. And that Matthew 11, the first thing Jesus says is, come to me, all who is weary. It's actually coming to him. Rest is active. Rest isn't passive. It's doing something. It's drawing near to him. And James 4 says, as we draw near to him, he will draw near to us. And in the story of the prodigal son, in Luke 15, we see the prodigal son coming back to the father. And the father runs to him with open arms. As he was a long way off, he comes running to him. You know, athletes, you know, we do active recovery. So after a game day, the next day you'll go to the pool and you do active recovery. Recovery is not passive. Rest isn't passive. Rest is active, moving towards him. So rest is a person and the person of Jesus Christ. Do you come to the resting person of Jesus Christ? And God knows how important rest is in our everyday life. In, the, in Exodus 20, verse 8, he gives us the Ten Commandments. And, in, and one of them is, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. He actually instructs, don't do this, don't do that, don't, and remember the Sabbath and to keep it holy. But the Sabbath goes even before the Ten Commandments. The Sabbath was from creation. And I'm just reading out of this book called Jesus Unmasked by Todd Friel. And he says this, The Sabbath did not start at Sinai when Moses received the Ten Commandments. The Sabbath was initiated at creation. Days 1 to 5, God made all the stuff, the earth, planets, water, trees, vegetation. Days 5 and 6, God made all the animals without a spirit, fish, fowl, animals, reptiles. The last thing God made was human beings in his image with an eternal soul. Day 7, God rests. As special as humans are, and we are special, the culmination of the creation week was not the creation of man, but God resting and enjoying himself and his work. On the seventh day, God rested and exalted in the glory of his labors. The entire creation week was moving toward a goal of rest, contemplation, and enjoyment of God. Do you rest 
and enjoy and contemplate God and God's creation in your everyday life. That the Sabbath or rest is designed for us to stop and enjoy creation and remember who created all this in the first place. To stop and enjoy. Who stops and enjoys? Hands up. Sometimes you can, well, you get maybe hands up in your heart if you do. You just don't want to put your hand up. I just have this, uh, we've been reading this book called Emotional Healthy Spirituality. A lot of our connect groups have been doing it. And the author, Paul Peter, Pete Scazzario, it's got a really strange name. And the book title is so long, I get confused. Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. But stopping and enjoying. And I remember for so long, busy, busy, thinking about goals and dreams in the future. And my wife used to say, oh, isn't, like, isn't, the beautiful, isn't the sunset beautiful? And I'd just be like, well, like, whatever. Like, that's what I'd be like, whatever. Whatever. I have, you know, things to do and whatever. Um, but now, after reading this book and going through the stuff, I'm starting to rest, refresh. And he writes this. I will never forget the first time I took pleasure in warm water running over my hands in a McDonald's restroom on a Sabbath. I slowly dried my hands, rubbing them together under the dryer as the water dissipated. I did not run out of the restroom, drying my hands on my pants as I walked to the car. I did not skip putting soap all over my hands. I relished the present moment and tasted the Sabbath gift of simply washing my hands. On Sabbaths, or rest, God also invites us to slow down, to pay attention and delight in things and in people. And so uh, a guy called... Francis Schiffer says this, the Christian life is moment by moment. How often do we stop and taste the food in your mouth and go, gee, that tastes good. God created that. Do you stop and look at the sunrise and go, man, God created that. Do you stop and look at your kids and go, God gave me that. That every good and perfect thing comes from above, James 1.17. Whenever there's a good thing or a perfect thing in your life, it's a reminder of him. And you can stop and reflect on that. Finding God in the small do you find God in the small? Or are you looking for the big? But he's also in the small. So now, since doing that, I'm reading his book and, and stopping and relax, resting and relaxing and thinking about him. I'm starting to sit and feel the warmth of the sun on my back and going, thank you, God. You know, like how Steve said in the, in the tithe messages, love from God, like Thank you, God, for my finances. Thank you, God, for my kids. I'm in this state of gratitude and thankfulness because I'm stopping, thinking, pondering, not going too far ahead of myself, which I've done for so long, but stopping and enjoying the good time of where I'm at at the moment. Do you stop and enjoy creation? Or are you thinking too far in front or maybe too far in the past? You know, uh, in case you don't know me, one of my main goals in my life was to go to the Olympic Games. Uh, and uh, I was like... I figured out that if I could get here and there, by 2008 Olympics, I would be 23. Perfect age to go to the Olympic Games. And so from pretty much 12 to 23, I just couldn't wait for 23 years old. I can't wait for then because I'm going to go to the Olympics. I can't wait to when I turn 23, I'm going to go to the Olympics. That was my thing. I can't wait to go. That was it. So far ahead. So far ahead. I can't wait to. Right? But in doing that, I missed so many things along the way. And I did go, but I was so far ahead. And that's a pattern I get into. I'm like, oh, even this last December, I write books and DVDs and stuff. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I don't have much work in January. I'm going to film these DVDs. I'm going to write these books. And, and then it's just like, stop, relax, 
chill out. I think too far ahead. And Pastor Greg French, uh, we had uh, dinner with him one day, and I was saying, uh, my son Rocky, when he turns 20, I'll be 50. So I was saying to Greg, I can't wait till Rocky turns 20. Because when he's 20, when he's 20, I'll be able to um, wrestle him as a grown man, and I'll be a grown man. So we can see who wins. He probably will. But, and Greg goes, that's awesome, man. I love it. But just enjoy now. Enjoy now. Just enjoy him. He was like, one. Just enjoy him now. And for me, that was like, man, enjoy him now. I'm like a vision. Like I think too far. Just enjoy the now. It's like a pattern of mine I get into that I need to stop. And enjoy now. We can think about those things, but enjoy the here and now. And so Greg French has said this one thing. Stop. That's great, but enjoy him now. And for me, that I constantly go back to that. Enjoy him now. In Matthew 6, 31, it says this. Jesus says, So don't worry. So do not worry, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom. So looking for him and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. In the message version, that verse 34 says this, which I love. Give your entire attention to what God is doing right now. And don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. God will help you deal with whatever hard things come up when the time comes. Worry about the here and the now. So now, I often say to God, even this morning, I'll come in worship and I go, God, what are you, what are you saying to me right now? What are you saying to me right now? You know, if Rocky's watching TV or Bonnie's asleep, my daughter, she's asleep, and, Rocky's, and I, can, oh, I, can, I can answer all these emails, I can plan lessons for this stuff. And I was like, no, no, just stop. God, what are you saying to me right now? What are you, what are you saying to me right now? And he'll go, hey, you know, how you, you know how you said that? You acted like that? Just do it like this next time. He's coaching me on how. But what are you saying to me right now? But it takes discipline. It's almost like uh, I've got to say no to how I've been wired for so long to like, Dream, you know, and I wrote this. Oh, don't worry, I'll change it. Um, but just to stop, what is God saying to you right now? What is happening right now? The rest, guys, is a person, the person of Jesus. The rest is active, that we move to Him. It's an active thing, it's not passive. And rest is enjoyment of the here and the now. And by doing that and enjoying the here and now, it will reflect back on Him, on His goodness and His incredible love towards us. And the last one is that God is in the present. He is in the present. And I've been reading this book by Zach S. Wine. It's called Sensing Jesus. And he talks about being local. Being local. And I'll just explain what I mean. Got to be here and be now and be in the present. You know, when I was uh, growing up, one of my good friends, Alex, we used to go to Alex's house. And his dad would kind of like just come in the room and he'd just stand like we'd be watching TV and he would just stand and me and my friends would be like, dude, what's with your dad? He's so not with it. Sort of thing, but he would just stand. And uh, for years he would just stand. I don't know what was going on in his world, but he would just stand and not, not be present, like not be there. He'd be there, but not there. And, uh, but we all do that. And you go, oh, no, we don't. Maybe you do, maybe you don't. But how often do you go out to dinner and you're on your phone and they're on their phone? You're not present. You're in a different world. And being local, I think, is something that is local, being present, is many of us struggle with. And this is what Zach says in his book. 
Something in me hates this confession. I do not think that I'm alone in this. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, virtual conferencing, these allow us the illusion of being somewhere other than where we are. Positively, we have a voice in places otherwise absent to us. But we type on our keyboards while sitting in a chair where we are. The local knowledge and work of the day in our place awaiting our presence. The danger here is that it allows us to give our gifts without giving ourselves. How often do we do it? We're missing the present to be in a place that doesn't exist. Facebook, Twitter, it's, it's in a world that we actually can't be present in when we're right where we are. Yet Jesus was present all the time. Jesus had a lot going on in his life. He had Pharisees hating on him. He had people betraying him. One of the friends, one of the disciples betrayed him. He had people wanting things from him. He had people putting unmet expectations on him. He had people not believing in him. Even his family were a bit like, oh, Jesus, just come home. He was, but he was present with people every time. We saw him go off and, and spend times in prayer with God. He would go from the crowds and spend time with God. But when he was with people, he was with people and he was present. And when he was present with people, he was aware of them. He knew them. He could see them and he could meet them. He was intentional with them time and time again. How about you and I? I'm so often on my phone, not present, and I don't know why. Interesting. I was even saying to my friend, because I was telling him, I drove to Sydney yesterday, and I was saying, so I'm just talking about this and that. And he's like, I said, why are we going on our phones for? He's like, I don't know, we just do. I was like, why? He's like, I don't know. What's the why? Is it addiction? What is it? But why do we need to be on our phones in a world that when we're actually enjoying the here and the now? So as I draw to a close, the gift of God is to enjoy where we are, that we're actually created here and now, that you were created for 2019 Canberra, if you're from here. But you, where you are is where you are. That's your local. That's where you, you weren't created a thousand years ago or 500 years for the here and now, the present. In your family, work and social circles, are you present with people in your world? And present is being con connected with them on a, like a relationship level. We're actually connecting with them and seeing who they are and trusting in God. You know, so often, and Sam will say to me, Matt, be local. Oh, oh, sorry. What are you thinking about? I'm oh, preaching this weekend. I'm just thinking about that. But it's dinner time. Don't think about that. It's dinner time. Or what are you thinking about? Oh, just got some stuff going. No, just be local. You know, be local. You know? And so a part of this being local is putting trust in our faith in God. So with this, I'm like, I'll zone out. I won't be local. I'll be thinking about the message. And, and, and then I've got to go back to, do you know what? God's got it under control. It's his church. It's his pulpit. It's his word. I still have to honor that, but there's a time and a place to be present and enjoy the gift that I have at the moment and trust in him that he'll do his thing. So it's faith and trust to be local. And the local is where we can generate the most change. We can generate the most change in where you are local. In Luke 8, we see Jesus. Um, he heals a guy of demon possession. And the guy says, Jesus, thank you so much. I want to I come with you. I want to follow you wherever you, wherever, you wanna, wherever you want me. I'll go anywhere. I'll follow you. And Jesus says, no, no, no. Return home and tell how much God has done for you. So the man went away and told all over town how much Jesus had done for him. 
the guy, the guy was saying, I'll do anything for you, God. I'll go anywhere. I'll do anything. I'll talk to anybody. He said, no, no, just go home. Go to where you were raised. Go to where your local is. Go to where I put you and talk to them. The local is our home, our family. It's where we can generate the most change. From there, it can be magnified. You know, that's why our vision for the church is change Canberra, impact Australia, touch the world. It starts small and builds up. We actually come as we are and we don't stay that way. We come and we change. And when we change and become more like him, we can impact the next ones and impact the next ones and it actually magnifies, goes the other way. I mean, C3 Church is based on a movement of the local church. It's a local. We put churches in a local scenario, a local church. You know, there's that quote, being present is a gift. That's why it's called the present. So as you move into 2019, as you schedule in your rest time, as you schedule in your rest time, it doesn't have to be on a weekend. It can be, and in the Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, he talks about um, the daily office, which is you might stop for five minutes in the morning, which is two minutes of silence, one scripture, one devotion, two minutes of silence, that's six minutes. And then maybe at lunchtime or once at lunch and once at night. He's starting to develop rest and a Sabbath each and every day in your life to draw from him, God, what are you saying to me right now? So slow down, relax yourself, observe God in and around you. Be local with your family and friends. And by doing so, you'll help connect with them. You'll have deeper relationship with them and through that with God. Remember that rest is a person, not an activity. He is a person. That rest is active. Enjoyment is rest. And being present is rest and enjoying Him. So each service, we give an opportunity for people to come to Christ. We invite Jesus into their heart and, uh, and putting their faith and their hope in Him. And we do that each and every service. And that scripture I used before, Matthew eleven twenty eight, Jesus says, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And Jesus was saying that because the religion at the time, it was do this, do this, do this, do this, do this, do this, do this. And people were just getting just oppressed with all these religious things. And Jesus came. He died on the cross for us. Actually removed sin from us if we have faith in him and we can then reconnect with God. What Jesus is saying is actually put your faith in me and I'll do it for you. That's why his yoke is easy and his burden is light. Jesus was saying, have faith in me and you are saved. Have faith in me and I'll have relationship with you. In Ephesians 2.8 it says, it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. That our yoke is easy and our burden is light because we have faith in him. So what I'd like to do is just pray for everybody, just for our dreams like Joel did, but more for rest. More that I know, the more I talk to people about my message, I'm going to talk about rest, be like, oh yeah, I don't rest very well, or I, or I, you know, or I rest, but I don't think on God, or I rest. Or rest. So I was going to pray for rest in your world, daily, weekly, whatever it is, whatever you thought about in your heart while I was preaching. And then if you want to put your faith in Jesus, if you want to say, Do you know, what? I actually want to invite Him into my heart. I want to say sorry for what I've done and repent. And you know, how I said that rest is active and faith is active. We actually put our action faith in God in Jesus. So Lord God, I thank you for rest. Lord God, I pray that you help change the people, Lord God, by the inside, by our hearts to rest in you, Heavenly Father. Lord, I pray for each and every person here as we go about 2019 with our dreams and our visions. Lord, I pray 
that whether those dreams come true or not, that we can have a deeper relationship with you, that through what's going in our life, through family, friends, circumstances, that we can see you in those things and it'll help us draw nearer to you. Lord, I thank you that every good and perfect thing in our life comes from you. And I pray that you help us to see those things more and more in our life. Give us an attitude of gratitude and thanksgiving. Oh, Lord, I thank you that as we rest, that as we come to you, that you give us strength to what we need to do in our life and get through in our world. And Lord God, I thank you for every single person here. Lord, I thank you that we can come here on a Sunday morning, that we can worship you, that we can be in your presence. And we can hear the good things that you've done for us. That, God, that you sent Jesus to die on the cross for us. That you loved us that much. So we thank you. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for that gift. Thank you, Jesus. And like I said, church, every service, we get to, we ask, invite people to invite Jesus into their heart or to put their faith in him. So uh, while everyone's eyes are closed and head is, head's bowed, I just want to ask you, do you this morning want to put your faith in Jesus? Do you want to say, do you know what, Matt? I want to put my faith in Him. That I feel like I'm far from Him and I want to reconnect with Him this morning and I'd really, really love to pray for you. You know, in that story in Luke 15 where the prodigal is away from the Father and the Father is God and the prodigal realises, oh man, I've done all this wrong stuff. I've really drop the ball on this one, but I'm going to come back to my father. And in the story, as the father, as the, the father comes out, I'm thinking it's on the front porch of, the, of a house, and he sees the son from a long way off. And it says, as he saw him from a long way off, he ran to him and embraced him, picked him up and loved on him. And if you're away from God at the moment, I just want to let you know that if you are a long way off, that God actually can see you. He actually goes, I actually see you, I know who you are, and he's running towards you. So James 4.8, that as we draw near to him, he'll actually draw near to us. How cool is that? So maybe you're a long way off from God and you say, do you know what, Matt? I want him back in my life. I'd really, really love to pray for you this morning. So if that's you this morning, just take your hand and go, Matt, I'd love to pray with you after the service. But I want to say sorry for what I've done. I want to come back to God and say, Embrace me, love on me, give me your peace and strength this morning. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I thank you for your goodness. I thank you that you love us, that you're madly in love with us. That as we're a long way off, that you actually run to us, embrace us, and love us. Lord, I thank you that that we can hide in your shelter, that we can hide in your rest, that we can come to you when we're weary and burdened and you'll share the load, that you'll strengthen us, give us wisdom and peace. So we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to today's message. If you have any prayer needs, email prayer at c3monash.org.au or connect with us online.